0: Reading this again, Psalms chapter sixty-eight and verse nineteen. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Even the God of our salvation, Sila. Jogging goals. You ever keep a journal of your fitness? What you do for fitness? Twenty sixteen. Didn't jog. 2017, didn't jog. 2018, didn't jog. 2019, you're getting this, right? Didn't jog. 2020, didn't jog. 2021, still didn't jog. My wife says that this is becoming a running joke now. (laughs) According to 2018 data, Strava or Strava is this Fitness social network, okay? So they analyzed 31.5 million fitness records from its users. And it found the day when most people quit their New Year's resolutions. So if you make a New Year's resolution to work out or to do something, they know because people record their data from all of their you know, fitness devices. So how long do you think people hold out? July? june easter you're about right the second friday in january is when people's fitness goals begin to crumble and this it said it found also that 55 percent of its participants stuck to their resolutions for a full month. And you know, a lot of times, what is it? We make all of these goals to do things and it just doesn't really seem to work out for us. So what I would like to propose is something a little bit different. I would like to propose that looking to the word of God, because I believe if you look to the word of God, it gives you eternal wisdom to accomplish the goals in your life. The first thing I would like to do, so something, uh, screenwriters, when they write a movie, and I'm not a screenwriter, do you think that they start at the beginning? No. The screenwriter will actually start at the climax, which is usually the end, you know, like the two people get married, the good guy wins, the bad guy dies, so they'll start at the end. And then they'll just create a storyline and work backwards, and then that gets them to where they are at the end. So with the Word of God, I would like to kind of use that. If you want to achieve a goal, you set a date, and they call it reverse engineering. So that's really what we're going to be talking about. I want to take this scripture and go to the end first, and then come back to the beginning. And I believe if we can do that, it, it works. Say, I want to save... $520 well that's a low goal but hey praise God so in 52 weeks you would save $10 a week right and then you work backwards and you know how much if I preacher I want to lose 52 pounds now if I lost 52 pounds I would just be a big nose and a pair of eyes here okay but if you have a year you take it back from 52 weeks and you lose what a pound a week and then you would be very skinny if you were me and uh, but you would lose 52 pounds and you can track your progress then, and you know if you're going towards your goal. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13, he said, I am Alpha and Omega. That's A and Z in Greek, the letters A and the letter Z. He said the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You know what Jesus said? He's not only the beginning... But Jesus Christ is the ending. So I really like that when you come to the house of God, let's look at the first thing in our, in our scripture. If you have Psalms chapter 68 and verse 19, the first thing I'd like to look at is the word silah. You know what the word silah means? I'm going to tell you. It means pause. See, these were written to music, so the first thing that we find in the word of God is the word pause. And my daughter likes to watch videos on the phone. And it's really neat because she doesn't have her device. So she has to be good to get mommy or daddy's phone, right? And a lot of times the kids, they'll just get into it, right? So if I want to get my daughter's attention, you know what I have to tell her to do? Press pause. (laughs) So nothing goes into those ears until she presses pause. And that Busyness of life is kind of like adults, right? What we need to do is, especially on Sunday morning, we need to press pause. And I know that you came to church and you've got all of these concerns and all of these cares and say, preacher, what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there? You know, I've got some advice for you. Press pause. Just just check out of that, all of these things and all of these bills and all of these problems. Let's press pause and let's focus our heart and attention on something God wants to do in our life. The first thing that we need to do is hit pause. When I was a kid, we had something called TV. Have you heard of that? There was no pause button on the TV. You know what there was though? When would you go to the bathroom? commercials (laughs) so as soon as they say after these messages you like you got two minutes right to put do that popcorn or use the restroom you know but we needed a pause in order to take care of something else coming to the house of god is like that pause button to say everything else it can just wait i we came here and i had the uh the pan with the oatmeal and it was you know you know when you want to wash something but you're kind of lazy to do it right then you just fill it up with soapy water And you just give yourself the excuse, it needs to soak. (laughs) And I looked at that on the way out, and it was still on the stove 30 minutes later. It was soaked, right? But I looked at it, and I said, you know what? We're going to church. You know, There's always another pan to wash. There's always another thing to do at home. I need to hit the pause button and come and let God do something in my life. See, la. And the Bible says that when we're accomplishing our goals, let's focus on the end. First of all, you have to look at where are you going? You know, a lot of times uh, that's not something we even consider until we come. And I'm not just talking about down here and maybe say, preacher, I want to save this money or lose this weight. Those are good goals, and it's the beginning of the year. I challenge you to do it. I want to learn something new. Those are good things, too. Do it. But I'm talking about where are you going spiritually. You've got to start at the end. You see, because one day, at the end, it's, it's been shared this way, fools live for time, but wise men and women live for eternity. We know that there's something in us that one day I'm going to meet God. And you know that one day all of us are going to stand before God. So the end of our scripture, it says, even the God of our salvation. You know, to reverse engineer our goals, we have to get to the end first. And the Bible tells us what the end is. The God of our salvation. And I remember when I came to church and God began to deal with my heart. I did not like this feeling, right? that I was a sinner and that my life was not right with God. Now, I don't remember what was shared, but I was a good sinner. You know, I was, you know, I would say yes, ma'am and yes, sir, but I'd be doing my own thing when I did my own thing. And I figured that that's the way that people lived. I went to church, uh, but going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than walking into a garage makes you a car, okay? But I, I began to feel something that, you know, I was not what I was supposed to be, that the end wasn't taken care of. I didn't accomplish. You know, there's one goal we need to accomplish. I don't know if you save a million dollars, that's great. If If you're super fit, that's great. You know, you're still gonna get old though. Why does your face always look fatter in your driver's license picture too? I'm like, oh, that's not me. You know why people look sad in their driver's license picture? Because that's what you're going to look like if you get pulled over. Because that's the only other person that looks like is a cop, right? So if you're like this, they wait. You're smiling at the driver's license place, and they wait, and they wait, and then you go like, and they go, and they take the picture. They know what they're doing, right? Man. But there is one thing, one goal that we need to accomplish in life, and that is to take the end and make it first. We need to put our life in the hands of Jesus Christ. And you know, for God to be, the Bible says, the God of our salvation. In the Old Testament, that's the first two-thirds of the Bible, God was a delivering God. He would deliver his people. Now, delivery means taking it from one place and bringing it somewhere else, right? With the mail, when they deliver it from one place, Take it to another, you order something from Amazon, you know when you get that picture on your phone or whatever that it's at your door. It's come or by drone. I don't know if they deliver by drone around here. Bzzz, and you know your package is coming in. But it's not delivered until it's there. Well, God would take his people, for example, out of Egypt and into the promised land, he would take them out of bondage. And into freedom. God would take uh, David, he would take him past this oppressor named Goliath. God would deliver his people out of a physical situation. So when Jesus came into the world, they thought, well, he's going to deliver us. You see, at the time, Israel was under the occupation of an empire called Rome. And they thought, well, Jesus surely is going to do with the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of our salvation. But you see, Jesus even had a greater deliverance in mind. You see, the greatest problem that we face is not uh, uh, an occupation or a foreign army or even enslavement, which is something that is, uh, is horrible to face. You know that my actually my sister, if she ever listens to this, she says that one of my ancestors was a slave. And I think they were enslaved up in in Canada. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that. But you know, slavery is something that is, it's a part of history and it's a horrible part to history, but there is a greater enslavement that Jesus came to deliver men and women from. And the Bible said that it's something that we call sin. See, the Bible though has a goal that's at the end. The Bible says that God has a plan at the end. You know that God makes a plan before he even starts? You know that? God's awesome. Before he multiplied the bread and the fish, he said, where are we going to get all the bread and the fish? And it feels like, I don't know. But said Jesus knew what he would do. You see, Jesus always has a plan. I do that with my daughter sometimes. Hey, so what's going to happen? I already got a plan. Ask my wife. If I don't have any money, I got a plan. Ask my wife. Could I have some money, honey? No, she said no. Okay, well, get another plan, right? Just take it and ask for forgiveness, right? (laughs) But Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says that there was a plan. Notice, according as he, God, has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. You know that before God even formed this world, he already chose us? Well, he can't do that. You can if you're God. Do you know that what he said to... Now, look, I'm not here to get on social issues, but let me just tell you that God knows you before he forms you in the womb. Because that's what God said to Jeremiah. He says, before you were formed in the belly of the womb, he said, I knew you. And he said, before you were born, I called you. You see, God, even before he makes us, nobody here is an accident. I was born, my parents were uh, working in Africa, and my mom said I was an accident. Not in a bad way, but they weren't planning on having a child in Africa. So out I popped in Kenya. So they loved me very much. They didn't treat me that way, but they were not planning to have a child over where they I was in a wheelbarrow. That was my first, my car, I was in a wheelbarrow with some mosquito netting over it. But it, it, was, it was different, right? But you know what? You're not an accident to God. You know, you might have come here and you say, well, preacher, but I didn't. My parents told me I was an accident. But I'm going to tell you that God tells you he chose you. Before he even made the world, God knows that you are a life that has purpose. You're important to Jesus. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 1, who verily Jesus was foreordained. So Jesus came to go to the cross before the foundation of the world. In, in Revelation, it says he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Even before the foundation of the world, Jesus was ready to go to the cross. You know, that when God was forming the world, you know, I wonder if when he formed, you know, the, the Himalayas or whatever, and we formed this one hill called Calvary, I wonder if he said, you know, one day my son's going to die there. One day my son's going to go up. It was all set from the beginning. The last part came first. In Genesis chapter 3, have you read that? It's right at the beginning of the Bible. It says that after man fell and after man ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I don't know if it was an apple or a mango, the one thing that God said not to do. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that God had a judgment. It says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman this was to the serpent that had tempted Eve. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So what we have here is a foreshadowing of Jesus coming to the cross. And Satan is the head that is going to be crushed by Jesus Christ on the cross when he shed his blood. And the head bruised is Satan and the heel that is being crushed is Jesus Christ being wounded on that cross and dying was he, when he crushes the power of Satan by shedding his blood. But you see, it was set back in Genesis before any of us even realized what was going to happen. God had a plan from the end so he could reverse engineer it to the beginning. The Bible says that he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Say, preacher, but it said her seed. Women don't have seed. I know biology. Women have the egg, and men have the seed. You know what? She was a virgin, and when she, when Jesus was born, she had no uh, conventional way of having a baby. But the Holy Spirit overshadowed her because Jesus didn't come with our fallen nature. He came with the heavenly nature because he needed to redeem us. That were lost under sin, God had a goal to accomplish. So He started. You know, a lot of times, and Jesus, He He washed us from our sins in His own blood. You know, when we really make a start, it begins with us, doesn't it? We have to really look at ourselves. And the Bible says, though, that He started with the end, and we need to start with the end. If you start with the end which is eternity, you also start with the God of our salvation. So to start with Jesus, he's not only the end, but he's also the beginning. And then you begin to reverse engineer and work back. What's the next part of the scripture? Who daily loadeth us with benefits. Say, preacher, I don't know how I'm going to make it from day to day. I don't know how you're not going to make it with Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said he begins to load you with benefits. Benefits. The Bible says Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Jesus Christ is the key to getting all of those blessings. It's not even reading your Bible or coming to church, but it's Jesus Christ. You know that sometimes we're out in the middle of nowhere. We need a blessing. You know, there was a little kid, one of the blessings comes from being part of the family and being brought in through Jesus Christ. There was a little boy standing in an empty road, and a stranger came up, you know, seeing a little kid standing in the middle of the, you know, kind of on the side of the road, but in the middle of nowhere, and he said, what you doing? He said, I'm waiting for the bus, sir. And the man said, son, I've lived here for 30 years, there's no bus stop here. What are you really doing? Waiting for the bus, sir. And so, didn't want to argue with the adult, right? The kid was raised right, didn't want to argue, but said, the man said, well, I don't believe you. I'm just going to sit here and wait. So he parked his car and just did this. Lying, children. Five minutes later, the bus came up. (laughs) There was no bench. There was no little flag for the bus. The bus just stopped right in front of that kid. The door opened and the kid got to put one step up on the bus and then... Turned back and smiled at the man and said, my daddy's the bus driver. (laughs) You know, that's the way it is with guys. Say, preacher, how can God... How can he make a table in the wilderness? God can. God can multiply bread and, and he can multiply fish. Why? God can do anything. You see, the first, the first benefit of, of, of Jesus Christ is that salvation. When you say, God, I want Christ in my life. You see, Christ can't fit in your pocket. People say, Preacher, I want to put Christ in my pocket, or I'll, I'll, I'll let him, I'll, I'll give my tithe or, or my offerings, but Christ can't fit in your pocket. Say, so Preacher, but I'm going to put him in my job. Christ can't fit in your job. See, we're ha- Jesus has to be everywhere. The heavens are his throne, and the earth are his, is his footstool. The only place that God fits is in your heart. That's the only place. You see, you say, a preacher, but he just fits. My heart is a small place. That's not where he stays. God goes there essentially, and he goes everywhere. You know, your heart is important. If your heart stops, your whole body stops. It's the same thing spiritually. That if Jesus Christ is in our heart, in the center of who we are, then everything stops. But that's the first blessing. And then when that comes... There are so many other blessings of Jesus Christ. He begins to load them on you. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. If you need God to touch your body, God is a healer. God does things that people can't imagine. Why? Because He's loading His people with benefits. You know that sometimes what God does for us is something we can't see. Say, preacher, but God didn't give me anything. Did He give you the gift of not getting Omicron? That's a gift. <laughs> Say, preacher, but I, I never thought about it like that. Did he give you the gift of not riding in the ambulances that go past where I live? Every, you think I live in New York City, right? Like in the Bronx or something. There's like an ambulance going by. I'm not knocking on the Bronx, okay? But it's just like sound. It's living like in some big city. But the, there's, a, there's a light right where I live, and there's a hospital two blocks from where I live. So it's like they have to stop at that light, and then they have their sirens on because they don't want to get in an accident. So. But you know what? I wasn't in one of those this morning. I'm in the house of God having a good time. Amen. God's good. There's blessings. When you come back, God will begin to heap those blessings on you. You know, one of the ways that as a Christian, you need to, when I remember pre-COVID, right? Even, but you'd go to Chick-fil-A. Not on Sunday. That's when I offer to take my daughter. Sunday. I do. Often. Because they're closed. And uh, I say, you know, honey, um, when we go to Chick-fil-A and you want to get the uh, refill, when you go take your cup up, you know what they, you know what they do? They, they, they say, can you take the top off? You know that when God heaps the blessings up, we need to take the top off. And sometimes it's a pride thing. You know, like this one minister said that he saw someone go and pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, he said the man was just shameless. He was lifting up his hands and crying out to God. And and he's like, in his heart, like, I'll never do that. That guy looks like a fool. And God said, that's why you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know that a lot of times, well, he wasn't a minister at the time. He was sharing it. But you know that sometimes we need to take that pride off. We need to take that we know better off. And you know that I'm thankful that God, he wants to load us with blessings with the heart of a child. The Bible said, he daily loadeth us with blessings. You know what? One preacher said, if you don't want your blessing, I'll take it. God's loading us with blessings. And in the beginning, see, I'm working back from the end. The Bible says the psalmist declared, blessed be the Lord. You know, to start where you are is really the only option. You know, that when you have Christ in your life at the end, if you've started there and you work back to where you are, say, preacher, I'll start next week. You know, next week never comes. Tomorrow never comes. I can just see this psalmist considering God and just saying, you know, man, God's good. Blessed be the Lord. I can just imagine the psalmist just lifting up his hand saying, man... God is good, I'm going to start right now. You know, that's exactly where God has us. He doesn't want us to start tomorrow at the next paycheck or at when this works out or when that works out. But to, to start right now and begin to move forward in Jesus Christ. And you know that God's not looking for a work. God's looking for an attitude. Said, you know what, God? God is good, I'm going to start right now. Do you know when Christians see each other? You know what they usually say? They say, the Lord bless you. Because we Christians know, and we shorten it, don't we? Everyone's shortened stuff. Bless you, right? But it means the Lord of heaven and earth just shower blessings on your life. And that's kind of the the default greeting between Christians. It's not God curse you. I hope you make it. No, it's not. It's, hey, God bless you. Because we have this assurance that that's what God is going to do. That God is going to bless us. And, you know, he can bless you in ways... That it just has to be God. I remember when I was going to uh, going home, and I just wanted some chocolate chip cookies, like every day, but more more this day than other days. And I'm walking in the house, and my neighbor, I love her, right? She's walking up to our house, and I'm like, oh, I hope, I hope. And she has this bag, and it was fresh, homemade, unhealthy chocolate chip cookies. Yes. How many did you eat? More. Than I should have.
1: <laughs> but I don't
0: count. Just don't count. When you're eating, you just keep eating, right? And I'm like, you know what? Someone could have given me money or something like that. But when you just have a blessing that's just on time from God, it just makes you want to say, man, bless the Lord. God is good. God can do things right there when no one else knows what's going on. But I it just encourage you that you, you, you start with, when my wife comes to the piano, start with the end. Press pause They say, you know what? Let me consider my relationship with God. And let me work backwards. Let me start to count all of the blessings that God's gonna do and, and pour on my life. So, preacher, I don't going to serve God. I'm not worried about it. I'm just focused on getting the blessings from God. God, the one that saved me, is the one that can keep me. He's able to keep you from falling. And then, preacher, where do I start? I, I, uh, you ever pick up one of those free magazines? I used to pick up the free car magazines. I picked up one of those free health mags, health magazines, read through it, threw it out, which is what you do, right? There's like nothing much in there. But something I was reading in there kept coming back. It was like calling from the trash can. So I went and got it out of the trash. In the magazine was an account of a man named Noah Galloway. So he was in the army in 2005 in Iraq. His convoy hit an improvised explosive device. They're called IEDs. And it took his left arm and left leg off. And five years after the explosion, he got into the worst shape of his life. And he'd always been one of the fit guys, right? But he had just let it all go. And, you know, that's trauma right there. Eventually, there was this article that kept calling back to me. He said, it didn't matter what shape he was in. To get stronger, he had to accept his new reality as his starting point. You know, we all want the perfect situation and Norman Rockwell, you know, is a good painter, but it's not always Norman Rockwell paintings. (laughs) But it said with that shift in attitude and perspective, his entire life began to change. And it says, I can't get to the next point unless I start here. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around to accomplish your goals and I know I have preached and maybe a lot of different things but let me simplify start here said preacher but weren't we supposed to make the end the beginning Jesus is the same he's the beginning he's our ultimate goal at the end and all we have to do is realize that he'll never leave us he'll never forsake us and he'll walk with us daily throughout our lives he daily loadeth us with benefits and wherever you're starting from, Jesus can take you to the goal. Whether it's a spiritual one or even a physical one. God is the God of our salvation. With nobody looking around and heads bowed and eyes closed. If, there, if there's someone in here today this say, preacher, I've been to church and I'm a good person. But I'm really not sure about my relationship with Jesus Christ right now. But I would like to be sure. I'd like you to pray for me. If there's someone that's in that condition, say, I'm just not really sure. All I want you to do is just raise your hand up and put it right back down, and then I can pray for you. I'm not going to single you out, but I want you to know that there's a God that's looking at you, and he's crazy about you. And all he wants to do is to fellowship with you and change you and love you and let you know that his child nobody looking around in any hands but the Lord has dealt with your heart Father I've preached your word as she begins to sing let's find a place to pray Father I've preached your word you can pray there at your pew at your but there's also an altar up front an altar is a meeting place say God I need something. God, I need maybe a fresh start. Maybe you're a Christian. I just need a restart. You know, God does re-redo's, He does do-overs, God does newness of life. God touches hearts. And God can do something for you. Father, have your way. As you like. God bless you is...